The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Top five movies. Movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five movies. Top five. Top five. Top top five movies. Hey everybody, welcome to Top Five Movies. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And returning triumphantly, Michael Sanchez. (laughs) Hello. Are you going to add some fanfare in the post? I feel like we need some music right there. I'll put some trumpeting, actual uh, trumpets. Um, Monty Monty Python butt trumpets. We were just talking about Monty Python and uh, Life of Brian on the movie astrology recording, so yeah, it's fresh in my head. Um, Mike, you weren't able to be on the last episode, and you've, we've done this before where, like, something's happened and we, like, I just read your list or whatever, but this was by far the hardest list to do that on. Oh, and uh, know where you were going. Yeah, oh. we didn't, I didn't know some of the universes or, like, what you would say, because it was such a cool topic, so, um, it was sorely so missed. We gotta go over it and then re-record that one, then. <laughs> it would help, because I'm sure the listeners were like, wait, why did he pick that thing and like Corey and I are like yeah we've not seen that thing so uh, yep <laughs> well I mean I, I I wish I'd given you a heads up earlier on that one because I knew that I would be at uh, our school does a we, we do fundraising and it's through Raymond James Stadium and I mean we were out of the school at 7 and didn't even get back till 12 hours maybe later I don't mm-hmm. remember it's uh, it was great uh, because we did have kids that just you told them and they did. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I I'm used to actually actually working a lot harder. So I was uh, well. Plus, I'd only gotten two hours of sleep of, that night before. So, <sighs> but that's the whole reason I was absent. So I do have a note. Now, if you need, yeah, yeah, no, absence. it's an excuse absence for sure. Um, no, no <laughs> hard feelings. We we missed you. That's all. Um, we're glad to have you back on this episode. Which listeners. This episode, we're going to be doing our top five sports movies in honor of Creed 2, which was just released here in the States and will be released overseas in the next couple of weeks. Um, it is not directed by Ryan Coogler, but it does star Michael B. Jordan, um, Tessa Thompson, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Whoa, I almost screwed up and said Schwarzenegger. Um, that would have been a blunder. And returning uh, in Creed 2 is Dolph Lundgren to the Rocky franchise um, as uh, Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. Um, I saw Creed 2 the other night. Uh, my review is up at BurkeReviews.com, so if you haven't read it already, check it out. Uh, it is mostly spoiler-free, although I do have one reference that I don't consider an actual spoiler, but you might. Um, but I do give a little warning in the review that it's coming up. And it's not a plot spoiler, it's just something that is in both Rocky IV and Creed II. Um, and it's probably in, I would say, most of the Rocky movies, but nonetheless, uh, just in case you want to go in completely unsullied. But um, it got me thinking about all the different sports movies throughout history. We talked about maybe just doing best boxing movies or just best fighting movies, but we went big and we went best sports movies. So any sport is fair game. And there was no talk before this uh, episode. On purpose. On purpose of what constitutes a sport movie as far as... Um, does it have to be a competition? Does it have to focus on the sport or can it focus on the athlete? We did none of that. So our list could be extremely different, um, just depending on how we decided to approach our list. 
Um, but before we get into that, I do like to talk to my friends and just see how they're doing. So, Mike, Corey, how was your Thanksgiving? I felt like I was back in my childhood because I didn't get normally, you know, with the family that we all have here, it's actual Thanksgiving that, you know, I, I was late on the game on because my parents being in food service, both of them for so long, but Mm -hmm. the last thing they wanted to do after dealing with hundreds of turkeys, upwards of three or 400 the whole season is come home and have turkey. So we never had a traditional one, and then I discovered that. And so I'm like, this year, all my family, everyone is up in Pennsylvania for a wedding, and I just ah. couldn't go. And we had Monte Cristo sliders as the Thanksgiving, and my and I made some I mean, jambalaya. Those are pretty delicious. So they are, but they're not Thanksgiving. I mean, yeah, it has turkey in it, but it's not Thanksgiving. It's not because some of the stuff that the family makes, like the, there's some sort of stuffed mushrooms and stuff, and oh. then we make pineapple casserole and mm. all uh, there's just all sorts of stuff that was, was missed so uh, i'm hoping there's not a wedding again next year because selfishly yeah it's just hold on uh, where did you get the monte cristo sliders i made them oh man that i, am... I saw him cooking them there were snapchat oh. stories or something or no there was uh, instagram same. stories or something or yeah both. it's really easy it's not that hard um Basically, you'd, uh, I know this isn't a food podcast, but that could be an oh, idea. We all um, food. Hey, it's real easy. Uh, you can make it with whatever bread you want, but it's easiest with Hawaiian. The, I like the, those. The roll packs, You just yep. because you slice them right down half to half, and you get, uh, we got package of turkey, package of ham, package of Swiss, 12 slices each, interlayered all over, uh, whip up some melted butter and an egg. It says to use... Um, uh, Dijon mustard, I didn't have that, and it's uh, we didn't miss it. You just got to be careful when you whip that up that it doesn't drip to the sides because mm. it ended up making some weird kind of quiche kind of stuff. On the side. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was it was weird. I, I kind of hid that because it, I, if the, the rest of the, the people that were eating it, well, the kids wouldn't would have looked at it weird. But it makes a nice, you, you like make a little tent, uh, an aluminum foil tent, and you know it crispens it. You cook it for a certain amount of time, bake it for three fifty. Not very long. Take that off another 10 minutes and slice it up and good to go. Make sure you put the powdered sugar on. I was about to say, but where's the powdered sugar? (laughs) Yeah, no, no. It's got to have the powdered sugar. The most important part? Well, no. The actual important part, we had had strawberry preserves, blackberry jelly. I prefer raspberry. I prefer raspberry with the seeds because that's how I learned originally. I don't know if you guys remember Bennigan's way long ago. Yes. Yes, that was the first time I ever had one of those. Yes, and it was deep fried. It was like yes, yeah. that was hardcore. It was like 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 a double down KFC sandwich, except yep. you know without chicken breast for the bread. That's how it was. Now there was another place called Jungle Gyms, which sadly closed. They kind of did it more like a French toast, uh-huh. which I've worked had really like good that. as well. Yeah, it was um, really good as Gar- well. But Garfield, Garfield, Garfield used to do it like yes, Benigan's. Yes. Yes, they did, and sadly, they are also gone. Also gone. Um, Apparently, fried uh, Monte Cristos are a death sentence to restaurant chains. <laughs> fried Monte Cristos make you fat? Uh, dude, that that sandwich, my, my aunt introduced me to that at Bennigan's years ago, um, and I was like a real picky eater, and she like, I think I was going to get a burger. She's like, no, get something different. And she's like, try this. And I was just like flabbergasted. I'm like, you put jelly on a sandwich? And 
Oh yes, my god. That, the whole idea of putting powdered sugar and jelly on a sandwich is just yeah. seems counterintuitive, but once you have it, uh, it's, it's so, so right. Monte Cristos are so right. They are. And they're obviously horrible for us, but nonetheless, they're so delicious. Um yeah, well, Mike, I am sorry. I um I wish, you know, I we we ended up having a very small uh Thanksgiving with just my wife, my daughter and I, but we did have turkey and stuffing, uh, mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, which my wife has mastered the green bean casserole right now and mm. I, I like i used to not like it that much and the last like three years she's nailed it where it's like the right texture and it's just oh it's, so not, soggy. it's not yeah, soggy it's not, you don't you don't want it to be that way it's just gross agreed yeah. um and man but it, it's so good and um we we didn't do a full turkey we did a turkey uh breast roast from um butterball Yes, those oh, are yeah, awesome. that's, yeah, yeah. That's nice. I never want to buy another turkey being... again. It's Dude, you don't so... have to carve anything. It's it cooks so, much so much better. Faster. It's juicier. Yeah. Like it's. Uh, I was very like. I'm like, why? Why do people still buy turkey? This is the way to go. Because they have 27 people to feed. True. So yeah. well, 27. But, yeah. yeah, some people we had a lot at our Thanksgiving dinner yesterday. Which, Corey, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh God, I'm glad it's over. Oh <laughs> no. Too many people, too loud, too hustly bustly, stressful. Yeah. Well, at least you don't work retail anymore, huh? Cause Thank the gods. Mm-hmm. My wife had to get up at 4.30 this morning. Oh, uh, at least she didn't have to open no, they, like last night. Yeah, they did. the mall did not do that this year, but uh, she was there from 6 a.m. till like 6.30 p.m. No. Dang. Um, and she's still up right now kicking. She's. I, I figured she'd be ready to crash when she got home, and she's, she's not. She's delirious. But, um, but yes, uh, you know, long day, but, um, and they also, uh, I went last night at like seven o'clock to go see, uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Um, and they went to Walmart to, for the black Friday shopping, my wife and my daughter. Um, we left about the same time. I think we left at like six thirty. My movie was an hour and 40 minutes. I think it was, uh, two, 112 minutes or something like that. So with 20 minutes of trailers on top and I beat them home by an hour, uh, not because they were shopping. When I left the movie theater, they were actually at Kohl's. And I, I was like, what are you guys doing? She's like, we're in line to check out. 40 minutes went by. That's oh how long gosh. of a line they were in to check out. I was like, That's ins- I thought you guys were checking out. She's like, we were. I'm like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, so I was glad I went to the movie um, and not shopping with them. Um, although, guys, I had, I had a moment. Yeah, as a film critic, I go to theaters a lot by myself. And I usually don't have an issue with it. But I tend to avoid cartoons by myself. Um, but I wanted to see Ralph Breaks the Internet. And my daughter was not up for a movie. So she was going to go shopping with, with my wife. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to go. Because I want to get the review up for it. And so I get there early. Like 10 minutes early. And I get in the back row. Which is where I usually sit anyways. And it was in one of the smaller theaters. And as people came in with their families and their kids... They were filling in the rows in front of me. And usually the general seating etiquette is if someone's in the row, you go to the next row. You don't sit in the same row as somebody else if there's empty good rows left, right? That seems to be the way most people operate. And that was the flow of, of traffic yesterday. People were sitting in rows and rows. But there were so many people coming into the small theater that they had to start sitting in the rows that were already occupied. So I'm watching people come, and I'm ready to move. Like, if I have to move down one or whatever, I'll gladly do it because I'm by myself. I don't need a lot of space. And I start noticing everyone's avoiding my row <laughs> because I'm the lone creepy pedophile in the back of the theater. 
<laughs> and I'm not a pedophile, just to clarify. But that's I'm like, oh my god, I'm the weirdo in the theater. Everyone's <laughs> judging me, and so the I'm looking in front of me. Every row has at least two to three groups of people in them, like you know, the partnership families, or, blah I blah. Mean, Maybe they think you don't want to be by anybody, you know what I, I mean? And to be fair, I didn't, but no, that's not at all what was happening. I, I watched people look at my row, look at me, and then decide, let's move up. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, wow, all right, um, I'm a teacher, first of all, but um, yeah. Uh, and a movie critic. And a film critic, so I'm here with with reason, and normally my daughter would be with me, but she's outgrowing cartoons, um, slowly but surely, although she does want to see Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, but yeah, that was that was my end of my Thanksgiving. But my Thanksgiving day started with going to ICE at Gaylord Palms Resort in Orlando, Florida. And it's this year's theme was a Christmas story, which if you follow me on Instagram, listeners, you can see all of the pictures of ICE that I posted. I have actually more, but I didn't want to flood everyone's uh, feeds yesterday. Um, oh, man, they nailed a Christmas story. It was so amazing seeing it carved out of ICE, like the scenes... And the fact that we were able to stand on the porch of the house that was recreated from ice, just awesome. <laughs> um, I've I've been, I think, five or six times to ice, and every year it's a different theme. This was by far my favorite. And they've done uh, Charlie Brown Christmas, which is one of my favorite Christmas things. And they've done Rudolph, uh, the classic cartoon, which is also great. But, man, they this is seeing, like, a live-action kind of thing done like this, and it done well. And so they pulled, like, the best scenes. Like, even the... I don't know if you saw my picture, Mike, of uh, the Chinese restaurant, but they even nailed, like, the duck. It, it's so great. Like, it was such did, a cool experience. Did they make the 30 bumpus sounds? They didn't have 30, but they do have three of them destroying the turkey, and then across the the way is him standing on the doorstep. You know, you can hear him screaming bumpuses, even though he's not. But you, if you know the movie... Like, I actually was, like, reciting lines of dialogue as I was taking pictures of the scenes because it's such a familiar film for me. But, um, yeah, I... I you you weren't reciting those lines of dialogue in the theater, were you? No, no, it wasn't in the theater. This was at okay. ICE, right? Like, you know. No, I'm just making sure because yeah. that could have kept people away from your road, too. Oh, yeah, I was just shouting, Bumpus heads! Um, <laughs> they're like, what? What's wrong with him? But, yeah, um, th- so my day started pretty strong. Although I did get flipped off by an old man on my way to ICE. Um, I don't know what I did uh, to piss him Um, off. You got to go see Ralph Breaks the Internet and they didn't? Well, that was was before I got to see it, though, so he wouldn't have known that. I I don't know. Maybe he's a psychic. Yeah, I don't know. But we were on our way to ICE and he, uh, he flicked me off. But he was the one driving like 20 miles under the speed limit. And I didn't honk at him or anything. I just, as soon as I was able to go around him, I went around him. You know, followed all the protocols, used the turn signals and everything. But he was flicking me off, like, pretty hardcore. Like, risking his driving ability uh, to flick me off, even. So Now, did, did, did he do it, was it the West Coast or East Coast? Because I don't remember if it was Kevin and Ralph. Because there's a certain way you do it. Like, if you extend the wings, it's a certain size. Or if you ball up like a fist and just have it, the one finger I out. feel like it was balled up like a fist. Okay, they must have been, I think, that, I can't remember which which is, which is which, but there is, I mean, there's I a different know. look to it. Not, not, not that I'm spending my time doing this a whole lot. Oh, yeah, no, but, I hope not, um, but. I, I don't think I do. But, yeah, that was my Thanksgiving, and if you haven't caught on, listeners, we are recording this on Black Friday, um, the darkest of all the Fridays, and uh, 
we're recording earlier than normal because uh, Sunday is going to be busy for us because, one, Mike and I go back to work on Monday because we're teachers and we've been off for a week. Um, but, two, Mike's got to pick up his family. And so we wanted to make sure he was included because we missed the last one. So uh, we're going to get into our top five sports movies at this time. Um, but first, Corey? Guys, we're probably going to talk about these movies in great detail. So you can go to burkreviews.com and check out each of our lists. Otherwise, we'll see my head. Now, this is the part of the show that if you're a new listener, may not make sense right away. But Mike has a tendency to have seen movies that Corey and I haven't even heard of. And so, we like to wager how many of Mike's movies on his top five list we have seen. I feel pretty confident because I am pretty up on sports movies. I haven't seen all of the sports movies, but I've seen a lot of the sports movies. Um, so, Corey, if you don't mind, I think I'll go first this time. Yeah. I'm, I am curious. How, how did y'all do with the last one? Oh, uh, I didn't, we didn't do it because I had the list in front of me. <laughs> so, oh. I was like, I can't really wager because I know, you know. <laughs> Um, and to be fair, Corey also had the opportunity to see the list last time, but she did not look. Um, so she could have wagered. But um, I think I had seen one of yours. Well, the Star Wars universe was a no. That was honorable mention. Um, I feel like I saw one or two of your your universes. I had not seen Dune, um, but I knew that would be on your list. Um, I had not seen. What's the other man? There's like at least two. Um, yeah, it's not coming to me now, but it wasn't good. But for this one, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna go big because I feel confident. I'll go two. Oh, she went. She undercut me. All right. So uh, <laughs> she Tom Greened you on this <laughs> on this episode. Uh, Corey's gonna go first, um, then Mike, then me. And the the way this works, if you're again new to the show or just need a refresher. Uh, we come up with our topics, and then in private we make our list, and this is us revealing our list to one another and discussing um, what we agree with and what we don't agree with. Um, and I often, uh, I find a lot of times my movies are newer, and I'm happy to say none of my movies are within the last 18 years. So uh, this is an older, oh, I lied. What? I lied. One is, one is, I, th- I, thought, I thought, I can change it real quick. I have plenty of other ones to pull from. Um yeah, I have a lot of potential honorable mentions that I'm probably not going to read all of, but I have a lot on here. Um, I will say, too, these are our top five personal movies. So we're not saying these are the best movies ever made, but we like them. These are the ones that resonate with us for whatever reason. Uh, so they may not reflect critically. Um, if you've listened for a while, you know that Hudson Hawk is a film that I constantly reference <laughs> as an example of a movie that I love but know is awful, um, but I can't help but enjoy. So... Some of my movies are going to fall into that camp, and some of mine are going to fall into the critically acclaimed and also great movies. So, um, But, Corey, are you ready to start us off? Sure. What's your number five, top five sports movie? I feel like we've had a list kind of like this before. I could not find it. I also felt that way, um, but I could not find it on the list. So I don't know what we did in the past. Okay, because I'm sure that I'm going to have some overlap. But anyways... And I know I've talked about this movie at some point, but I chose 2005's Cinderella Man. Okay. Boxing Directed movie. Directed by Ron Howard. Um, so I don't know if I've ever talked about this with you guys, but all through middle school and through like 10th or 11th grade in high school, I loved watching boxing. Men's boxing. But I did not know that. I loved it. Loved it so much. Um, so 
I have a couple of boxing movies on mine, but I um I don't know if I've seen this since I saw it in the theaters, but it's always kind of just I don't know. There there's one scene in particular that I still think about sometimes. But anyways, it's about James Braddock um, returning to the ring during the Great Depression. And I I kind of love that it like has that... It's kind of like a t- period piece, too. And we're getting a lot of like American history in it as well. Um, like watching him show up to the docks and try to get work every day. And they could only like hire so many people. And then everyone just had to go home or... Um, his wife is very mad at his um, coach or manager or whatever when, you know, she thinks that he's just trying to get all this money from him. And she goes to his home and ends up finding out that they're destitute, too. They've lost everything in their home. And that's the um, scene that I still think about sometimes. And I think this might be one of the last movies that Paul Giamatti is not a jerk. Oh, <laughs> so- man. <laughs> I feel like he, he's just like typecast now as a jerk but um I really like Russell Crowe in this you know I actually have not seen this uh it's been on my my radar for a while um I I am weird because I like boxing movies but I can never get excited about watching a boxing movie like I have to once I'm in it I tend to enjoy it but the idea <laughs> of the boxing movie does not appeal to me because I have always found boxing to be kind of boring um, oh, man. To watch, like, and maybe it's the fights that I've watched in, in history. Like, I'm a big fan of MMA. Like, I can watch MMA most of the time. But uh, I don't, I've never really got into boxing. And um, I like, I but there's tons of boxing movies that I really enjoy. I actually have kept my list free of boxing films. Um, mm. But not, not intentional. But I am kind of torn on which one I think is the best. And so I opted to just keep them all off. Um, I'm uh-huh. leaning, I want to rewatch Creed, the first Creed. Because I love Creed so much, but I haven't watched it in a while, so I'm not 100%. Um, if that is, if I would pick that over, like Rocky, for example. But um, Cinderella Man uh, is one that I know very little about in terms of the story, but have heard really good things, and I just haven't got to it. I think you would enjoy I, it. I, I vaguely remember it. I remember it being lauded, and people liked it. I just, I, it's not a bad, it's a good, great pick. It's just, I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. It's been so long, and I mean, I'm gonna be on. Well, I'll get to it when it's my turn. But wow, yeah, that's. Uh, I need to rewatch that. Yeah, and I like Ron Howard. I think um, often overlooked as a director because he's done some schlock, but he's also done some really great stuff. And I've heard good things about this one. It's got a 69 Metascore and an 8.0 IMDb user score, so people seem to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, then uh, I believe Mike, we are leading into you. So, what is your number five? All right, well, I'm going to preface this because uh, I'll be honest, this was not an easy list except for one or two picks oh. for me because I'm not a sports person and I never have been. And I'm definitely not a boxing person. Uh, I just didn't grow up watching that. I might have watched probably wrestling. Wrestling would have been the whole, I mean, and that's, I'm talking the era way, way before WWF at the time mm-hmm. uh, broke and seeing him on the convention, you know, Miami Beach Convention Center kind of matches where you literally could see them you know coming in and out and whatnot yeah. right there and that i mean that was just so kind of grew up with that but other than that i mean not even really playing any sports myself uh, until way too late and i wasn't quite i just didn't have any of those motor skills 
I just didn't develop that way. So it made it really difficult to make this list, just oh. so you know. This might be I the did. first time I've ever heard you say that. I finally have oh. stumped you on a list. Because, no, like, Co- Corey like and I have struggled sometimes, but... It was just because of sports. Um, mm-hmm. So I, there was one I kind of stretched. You'll see. You'll see. We'll see if you agree or disagree okay. uh, with that that pick. But that's later. That's not this one. So that said, I cannot remember. I'm not really sure what it was that got me. Well, I knew I, what, I didn't know what I was getting into when I started to watch this number five pick of mine. Other the, than the fact that I knew I liked Kira Knightley and Parminder Nagra. And doesn't ring any bells. Okay. Well, from 2002, Ben, like Beckham, was Ah. a really charming little surprise to me and one that was just very naturally acted for the most part. Uh, One of the parents for me is way over the top, like just not nearly as organic as the rest of the, 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 the film seemed to be for me. I mean, it's a very much a coming of age story, which is combined with soccer. That's the whole reference, Bendit, like Beckham, David Beckham, take it, David. See, I don't even know their names. It's sad. Um, who actually makes a cameo, and that's not really spoiling anything. They managed to, to sneak a cameo of him in there. And it's the only sport, having just said that I didn't really play, the only sport that I actually played in college for one season and then had to give it up for, you know, responsibilities of some sort. Um Anyway, it worked really, really, really well for me. It just, I don't know, looking at it, I don't, I never felt it was like one of the typical formulaic kind of things where the underdogs and whatnot, it wasn't like that because there is a couple of subplots. The main plot is the girl, Parminder Nagra is the main character, not Kara Knightley, and her dad is not very at all supportive of her playing football, soccer in any way, mostly because of some past experience he'd had trying to integrate into uh, into playing sports as well. And it just left a bad taste in his mouth. Um, the other part of it, too, is just, I mean, this works across, you know, teenage demographic, mm-hmm. even younger, I suppose, through, uh, I mean, I am far removed from being a teenager and it still holds up for me. And as far as that is not something that's really easy to accomplish where it speaks to people from such a variety, you know, a variety of backgrounds or ages. It's just, it really works. And I just, I don't know that I own it. I need to own that. You, um, I was like, Corey's got me freaking out because she mentioned that list and we have not redone a topic. And I went through again while she, while she was talking and I don't see any sports, but uh, you have talked about this movie once before because um, I do, I keep way too thorough like logs of what we've done, and um, you talked about this film with uh, funny females, um, because of mm. uh, what's her name, Parminder, Par- Parminder Nagra. Yeah, uh, you, she was on your list for that, and so I um I heard you talk about this film before, but not in relation necessarily to sports, although obviously this definitely qualifies. Um, I've been meaning to watch this since you talked about it because. Uh, I, I'm not a soccer fan. I think I've mentioned that a few times, um, which is obviously not a popular opinion. Soccer is the world's biggest sport. Um, I don't understand why. No offense. And I'm in no way am I questioning the talent of those who play it. I just find it, like boxing, to be rather boring. Um, <laughs> Me with baseball. What? Yeah. Well, you know what? And I get that, too. But I've, I have 
a different respect of baseball, and I still don't watch it now, but I did grow up watching baseball, and I liked it. So, um, And I played it, so maybe that's where that comes in. I never really played soccer outside of PE, and that was not very competitively. Obviously, it was just people kicking a ball with no real skill. But um, I, I am, um, I'm, you know, I'm tempted to get, to give this one a go. I just thought of another sports movie while we were talking um, that I like a lot. But I, I especially because it's a comedy, I like that aspect of it too, and it's a coming of age story. Well, it's a comedy drama for sure because it's it's balanced yeah. out across. Uh, it's not like a slapstick kind of. You know, it's not like oh. Lady, like Running Dangerous Fields, Ladybugs, or uh, the Mighty Ducks, or something along those lines, where it's like the teen. It, 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 it's smarter. I don't, I don't want to speak no, yeah. condescendingly of those. It's just, it, I don't feel insulted by the film. Got it. Yeah, no, and it, obviously just the premise sounds like there's going to be some drama in it, um, that she's rebelling against her parents' beliefs and all that, so. Um... All right, and Corey, you've not seen Bend It Like Beckham either, I take it? No. What? Whoa. I've never even been mildly interested, and I'm not that, I don't even, oh God. I feel like most people watch David Beckham because he's good looking or something. You're not wrong. I mean, I'm not watching you know? David Beckham. I'm not even watching, uh, I want to keep calling her Posh Spice, but. Uh... <laughs> That's what I know her as. Um that's the only hashtag thing. Not, hashtag not my Victoria Beckham. Yes. <laughs> well, that leads to my number five then. Um, and when I started making my list, um, I did decide uh, each of my five is a different sport. So I don't have any sports repeated. Um, I initially thought that I might go for non-traditional sports where they weren't like football or baseball or basketball. I ended up not doing that. But my first one does. Um, my first one is roller derby. And I went with 2009's <laughs> Drew Barrymore directed Whip It, um, starring Ellen Page, also starring Drew Barrymore, Kristen Wiig, uh, Sarah H- Habble, Hobble, I'm not sure. Um, the order of this is baffling. Uh, Aaliyah Shawkat is in this excellently. Uh, Marsha Gay Harden is the mom. And uh, surprisingly, really solid performance from Daniel Stern as uh, Ellen Page's father, Um I, when I first saw this, loved this movie, and um, a few years ago, uh, we bought it because my, we wanted my daughter to watch it, and she also really enjoyed it. Um, I, I'm a big Ellen Page fan. I've talked about her many times on this show. I don't know if I've ever had Whip It on a list before, but um, one, I, I didn't know much about roller derby until watching this movie, and this movie gets to really kind of introduce you to the sport. Um, because she's being introduced to the sport, you know, uh, um, Ellen Page, who plays Bliss Cavender, doesn't know anything about roller derby. She's a, a debutante, like her mom, she lives in Texas and they make her do pageants and, uh, she kind of comes across this in a coming of age way. Like she's trying to find herself and not be the, the, the daughter that her mother's making her be. And she discovers this rebellious side in herself and, the roller derby is her entryway and um juliet uh juliet lewis is in this and i almost left her off because the way this cast order is built on imdb is really i love her flabbergasting yeah but juliet lewis plays kind of i would say an antagonist but not in an over-the-top like villain sort of way um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i really like the humanity of all the characters in this movie um because there's tension everywhere because everyone is is trying to just take care of themselves and it's there's conflict and it's not oh it's not melodrama it's really well played 
Um, and again, the roller derby scenes are, are great. Uh, they're really action packed and it, you care about the outcomes of the events. And, um, I think it, it, it's a really awesome movie. I, I love this film to be completely honest. And Drew Barrymore does this really solid job. Um, Jimmy Fallon has a small part as like the announcer, uh, slash, I guess, referee of the, um, the events and, um, uh, the older, um, wait, Wilson brother. So Owen, Luke, and, uh, there's an older brother, um, is the coach for, uh, Ellen Page's team. But again, the cast list here is so frustrating. He's like not where he should be. Zoe Bell's in this. Um, you might know her from a few of the, uh, Tarantino mm. films. Eve, the rapper is in this. Andrew Wilson is the older of the Wilson brothers. Um, and he's in a few of the Wes Anderson films, uh, periodically, but nowhere near as active as Luke or Owen have been. But, um, but yeah, Whip It is a film that I, if you haven't seen, if you slept on it, it's funny. It's, um, it's not listed as a comedy, but it's, it's naturally funny. There's just moments that are super funny. Aaliyah Shawkat and Ellen Page are best friends and have some really great chemistry on screen. Um, I, I really, really adore this film. And when I was thinking sports movies, I'm like, yeah, this movie introduced me to a sport I knew nothing about. And, um, I walked away feeling pretty confident and I'm currently re, uh, not rewatching. I'm watching for the first time psych. And I'm uh, into season three, and there's a whole episode dedicated to roller derby and that, too. That does another, not as thorough a job of explaining the rules of the sport, but it does do uh, similar. And I felt very knowledgeable thanks to the movie Whippet. I knew everything that they were saying on Psych. So, um, what do you, <laughs> have you guys seen Whippet? I think I, wa- I was going to fire that up. Uh, the other day and then just didn't get to it oh man yes i liked it i enjoyed it quite a bit and i i've lost all the little bits of roller derby stuff that i may have picked up from it but uh, being a drew barrymore fan and being a fan of uh, basically everyone every you've mentioned ex- person in the film yeah <laughs> well maybe not maybe not daniel stern but but he's good in this movie i'm sorry the yeah, scene... no he's not bad he's not bad in this movie the scene where they share a beer is is so good um it's it's easily his best dramatic performance, which is probably saying nothing because he's he's not usually in dramas. But um, I really bought him as the dad, and I liked I, I love the scene when he's proud of her and he's putting her sign up in the yard because everyone else says, "Oh, it's they're in Texas. Everyone's got their son's football number in their yards, and he doesn't have a son, so he's never got to do that." And now he gets to like root for his daughter as a, a roller derby uh, person, and I just thought that was great. I have this as my number four. Oh, well, that's good timing because it's time for your number four, of course. Yes. Um, I've only seen it the one time. I watched it with you when I was visiting, and ah. I just thought it was so fun. And I have been interested in roller derby for a while, but I just never get around to going to watch it because we have a few different oh, teams wow. here. Yeah. Um, but I always just kind of don't go. It- but... I was going to say, because we have some around in Florida, too, and I think I'm a little afraid my daughter's interested in trying to do it because she is into roller skating and stuff. Um, She'll be a badass. She would be, uh, I'm going to forget the term now, but she would be what Ellen Page's character is for sure, you know, going around scoring the points with the star on your helmet. Um, (laughs) I can't think of what that's called, but uh, Jammer? I I think Jammer's the other Helmets with forks on them? Yes, helmets with forks on them. Uh to catch the oh man that was from hollywood babylon but i can't remember what the context was um i don't remember either (laughs) yeah it's i don't i don't remember all the terms and everything but it does say points are scored only by team's jammer okay so it's jammer then that's that's the rule and they have this yep 
Um, but yeah, uh, it is. It's feel, a brutal I like, sport. I feel like J.K. J.K. Like, Rowling borrowed for Quidditch from this. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's interesting. It's definitely possible. His jammer totally sounds like uh, a Quidditch like um, mm-hmm. position. But sorry, Corey, we I didn't mean to catch off. What were you? What else? No, I just I thought it was really fun. I think that um, I don't know. I just love. I feel like roller derby so empowering too and mm-hmm. i just feel like girls and women get to go out there and kick some butt and release a lot of aggression and do things that they probably can't normally do on the reg you know yeah uh i just think it's awesome and i love the whole cast and i just thought it was a really fun movie i was totally engrossed the whole time yeah i i don't even remember how i came across that film but i've been a fan of it since i saw it and i definitely encourage people to check it out in case you didn't catch that, it was my number five, and it was also Corey's number four. Um, so it made it onto both of our lists. Uh, if, if you know, check it out because again, it's got a superstar cast. It's two thousand and nine, so some of these, uh, some of the actors in it wouldn't be big yet. Um, but you know, Ellen Page. Uh, sadly, her biggest movie is her first film, to my knowledge. Well, not her first film, her third film, Juno, is definitely where she's peaked. Um, but everything she's been in, I tend to like her performance, even if I don't like the movie around it. This film, though, I think is just underseen and is excellent. So uh, if you get a chance, check it out. Um, and I guess that leads right into Mike's number four, since Corey just kind of got to segue into that. Okay, so. well, um, prior this is one of those that took me a while to get around to, and part of it is that it's a tough sell for me when mm-hmm. it's about sports, but I'll get to that a little bit further. And the other is because it's so beloved or beloved. Oh. Um, and I, I feel, and I always have something when everybody, everybody loves it. I always fear because what if I'm that person that doesn't, and I finally got around to it. Um, one of not being a fan of sports in general, overall, and even less of a fan of baseball. You guys brought that up a little bit to boot. Uh, this was easy, easy for me to pass. Not at all difficult. And looking back, I was obviously way wrong because it's made it to my number four pick about field of dreams ah. in my home i gotta be honest kevin costner is kind of a punchline uh yeah because <laughs> his performances are pretty much i mean his it's not diverse it's pretty much kevin costner dressed up he's cosplaying and um costner is robin hood which is kind of timely because we have another robin hood now uh, i mean he did he didn't even tr- yeah but he didn't even try to put on an accent for it. Uh, no, but not at all. Guy, yeah. uh, uh, no, it, not, not even. He just was Kevin. Con- he's like a Connecticut Yankee in Robin Hood's court. Uh, and that didn't really matter because even if he's playing himself in Fields of, Field of Dreams, it, it, it worked. Um, I, I, it, it's kind of got that kind of new agey feeling because he hears his voice and people are definitely mocking. If you don't know the premise, it's set up. Oh gosh, uh, is it Iowa? Way out in the in the where there lots corn of corn. fields and yeah. That. yeah, lots of corn, and that's what you use your land for. But he gets this idea not on his own. He's kind of given this voice, this only only the voice that he can hear that he needs to. Well, it's the phrase, the, the the classic phrase, if you build it, they will come. Yep. And so he's directed to create a baseball diamond in the middle of his cornfield, which is, is insane. Nobody 
understands, you know, his farm is very close to being foreclosed on, if I remember that plot point. And the idea that they're going to give a valuable crop space to make a baseball diamond makes no sense. And then there's uh, there's other little whispers because Ease's pain doesn't make sense in any context until you get into it, bringing in the James Earl Jones character mm. and then all these other little bits and pieces that fit together. And finally, it all comes together into that closing shot that I don't want to give away because it's really cool. And there's a couple little neat stories if you want. I forget where I read about it or heard about it, how they did the I think they were losing light and they get I had to scramble to try to get that shot altogether because it's very specific as to what happens yeah. it hit all the right no hit no pun intended all the right notes it still resonates with me it's uh, it's it, i'm the least likely person you'd ever find watching a game of baseball and so but for the, the fact that this clicked with me surprises me yeah um this is one of those films i would put up there with like forrest gump and shawshank redemption where your mm-hmm. casual movie fans will love this movie like this is one that especially older males tend to resonate with uh, Field of Dreams. I have not seen it since I was a kid. I liked it then. Um, I, I definitely have been meaning to rewatch it because I definitely I don't feel like I would have grasped everything that I would grasp now when I saw it. Um, and it's one I've been meaning to go back to, but I haven't. And it's definitely a classic um, sports film. And yet I would like to point out, Corey, I have seen this movie. So I've seen one of Mike's five movies so far. Um, how about you? Have you seen it, Corey? I have not. Don't you know? Don't hit that older male demographic. It, it is. Sorry. It is a heavy. Uh, I would say heavily leans towards the male populace. Yeah, it does. It um, does. But uh, again, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. But I do know, like, there's even an episode of um, uh, How I Met Your Mother that's focused oh. on Field of Dreams, and uh, there's probably tons of shows that have focused on it. But um, and I, I do like Kevin Costner, although I agree with you, Mike. He he doesn't go through much to transform into a character, but he's charming. You know, what, what can I say? Well, I mean, I, there's a few. I have some holes in my Kevin Costner viewing, one of which is Mr. Brooks, which I really, really want to watch. Seen that I, I need to rewatch that. I, I, I've, I've heard that that is one that he, you know, um, what's another? Uh, we've been talking about imperialism and right before break, I really, really wanted to show bits and pieces of uh, dances with wolves. And mm. apparently our filter has finally conked out and not allowed us to do certain things. So I spent money to rent it. And I thought, Oh, I only need it for, and I was dead in the water because that particular service just wasn't, it had worked without an issue and now it doesn't. So I'm a little miffed at that, mm. but well, um, that is Mike's number uh, four, is uh, Field of Dreams. Um, mine goes a very different direction. Um, I went with uh, golf this time, and there are tons of golf movies that you could pull from. Um, I've been a fan of golf for quite a long time, and one of the first things that I really remember getting attached to was 1996, Happy Gilmore. Um, now... <laughs> There is going to be a trend with this. A lot of the ones that I pick are going to be uh, comedies um, by, I think, maybe coincidence, or maybe that's why they're mainly older. But Happy Gilmore, while it does not take golf entirely seriously, technically, this is a hybrid uh, sport movie because it's also a hockey movie, right? Like, Happy is a hockey player first um, who's just not able to skate, but that's where he finds his love. And uh, you get Adam Sandler, you get Christopher... Oh, I'm gonna. I don't know how to say his last name. McDonald, Julie Bowen, 
uh, Francis Bay and Carl Weathers. I mean, Carl Weathers, guys, it's freaking, it's Apollo Creed. All, um, all in the hips. Um, all and, in the hips. Um, interesting thing, I didn't know this, but Mike, you've seen Happy Gilmore, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so you know the boss that has the nail in the head? Yeah, that's that's Jaws, dude. I didn't know that was Jaws until uh, literally. Right, Richard, that's Richard Keel, man. I know. Uh, how do you not recognize that? I mean, sure, he doesn't have his metal metal works going on, but that is uh, how well, he even got him to play that role. I know. Adam Sandler has some like hypnosis ability because he's gotten some really big actors to take some really small parts. He, now, he's got uh, what you call it? was it? Chichi Rodriguez, which was uh, no, 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 Lou oh, Trevino. Lou Trevino, yeah, the actual golfer to just nod, mm-hmm. just nod in this film. Um, or just he just looks at him, looks up. The at disappointing, him. yeah, just, oh, it's so good. Um, I, I, and obviously his other his familiar uh, actors show up in this movie to a degree. Um, I have always liked Happy Gilmore. I still, I still find it amusing. Um, is it a well-made film? That's debatable. But is it funny? Yes. It's definitely one of Sandler's best films. Um, and uh, you get a really great villain in Shooter. I still quote Shooter all the time. Um, I quote this movie a lot. And uh, Listen I, to what I have to say. I'm, yes, dude. I do that scene all the time. Um, you it, eat. You eat. <laughs> even, uh, even the Richard Keel, though, like the... And you can count on me in the waiting on you in the parking lot, like you know, like it's, <laughs> there's so many stupid lines in this film that I, I've seen this so many times. Um, I used to rotate about five movies that I would put on before I'd go to sleep, like just let them play out. Had them on VHS, you know, they auto stopped and things like that. And Gilmore and Billy Madison were two of them that I would because they were like comfort movies, you know, they made me laugh. I it would kind of ease my tensions of the day, and I could just drift off to sleep. Um, I find my happy place, and. Yeah, it- you left off one of the most amazing cameos in the whole thing. Which and I'm going to edit it because you have to. I'm just editing myself where he's, the price is wrong. Bobby. Oh, I started to say version. Bob Barker, but I got I got all excited about the Jaws thing because I literally just recorded the other <laughs> podcast and found out that he was Jaws because oh the, uh, the number one movie from 1979 in terms of box office is Moonraker. And I was like looking at the picture. I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> that guy's in Happy Gilmore. Like, no clue. Um, but yeah, so, um, and luckily for me, Matt also didn't know. So it was like a fun revelation for both what? of us. But, um, wow. uh, yeah, Happy Gilmore. There's some really good golf scenes. I mean, I, any any doofus who's ever tried to go golfing after watching this movie has tried the Happy Gilmore swing. I've seen it <laughs> on driving ranges many, many times. Uh, it, it's never successful. Um, it almost always results in a whiff. But, you know, people want to be like Gilmore. Um and, you know, it's funny and it, it's an underdog story to a degree because his whole life he's just a loser and he's constantly losing. And he finally discovers where he should be and it takes him a little while to admit it. And it's it's encouraging once you see him kind of embrace his uh, his talent and um, take it seriously. And it's it's great. And Carl Weathers is funny as crap in this movie with the yeah, wooden hand. so good. Almost unrecognizable as Carl Weathers, to be honest, like because he's. He doesn't usually like. I don't think of him as comedic. You know, I think of Apollo Creed. I think of even in Predator. Um, but here he shows up, and he's this golf pro who lost his hand to an alligator. Um, just cracks me up. So yeah, nineteen ninety six yeah. is Happy Gilmore. Uh, what do you guys got? There are so many throwaway lines, and the one I keep going back to is the little little old Asian lady coming and running oh. out with this. Mister, Miss. You know. No, that's oh no! Right. Oh, I'm you know, sorry. You know what? You know what? Breakfast. Oh my and, God! Yes, yes. And I'm like, 
I remember I just and no, that's right. The Mister Mister or, or Ben Stiller's little bit. Oh my God! You're yeah, in my the, world. you're in my world, oh, Grandma. The, oh, the, now your back's gonna gonna hurt. You just pulled landscaping. Yeah. Baby. Oh, and that's what a tremendous looking trophy. <laughs> oh man, this movie's got so many great little things in it. Um, like talk, talk about a hole in. Yeah, the subway commercial and <laughs> oh, so bad. It's so great. It made, but, but it merely made me want to eat some subway. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I want to go get some Subway now. All right. Um, Corey, have you seen Happy Gilmore? Not in a million years, but I've okay. seen almost... I, I think I've seen all the way through Click. Well, I do want to... Um, I'll give some honorable mentions later, but there's some other uh, golf movies that I really do like. Um, that Well, there's one other golf movie that I really like that I, I debated, but I, I had to be real. I've watched Happy Gilmore. I can't even tell you how many times. It's a ridiculous amount of times that I've seen this movie. Um, cause that's what I used to do. I used to just rewatch things when I was younger and this was one I latched onto. I was a huge Adam Sandler fan from Saturday Night Live. Um, that whole era, that was my Saturday Night Live, Mike Myers, David Spade, yes. you know, Dana Carvey. So I latched onto those guys pretty hard. Um, and I, like, I've seen I've almost every Adam Sandler movie. Um, I've skipped all of his Netflix originals that he's done over the last couple of years. And I, I didn't see, uh, Jack and Jill or whatever that, that one was. No, you don't, you don't need to. And I'm not gonna. <laughs> Um, but I've, I've heard he has a new Netflix stand-up special, um, called 100% Real, I believe. It's Adam Sandler 100% Real, and it's supposed to be really good. And, uh, I know he does two songs at the end, because he brings the music back, like he used to do back in the... I used to own all of Adam Sandler's CDs, too. Like, that's... I was a (laughs) real fan. Um, and, uh, I I hear it's uh, pretty emotional at the end. It's funny, but also, like, he hits some emotional notes that are uh, even just hearing people describing what they were about i'm trying not to spoil them um i was kind of moved so i'm looking to try to watch that here in the near future but um that leads us to Corey's number three what do you got for number three Corey? okay i know i've talked about this movie i can't even remember maybe it was high school movies or something i don't know but I couldn't leave off Bring It On because I, you know, I was not a cool kid in high school, but I didn't like the cheerleaders. And I just fought against watching this movie so hard. And then when I finally did, I was like in tears from wow. laughter. Okay, I was like, I don't remember being like, sad. Like the but... whole time. No, it was just like so funny. Um, so I just feel like. And I don't even know why they've made, like, 27 other movies. Because the first one is so good. Why would you even, you know, But I'll so tell you, I teach uh, high school, and, and I've worked with, um, with yearbook, I work with a lot of different people. But I've worked with a lot of cheerleaders. And I, I've been an advocate for cheerleading as a sport. Uh, I think it's often overlooked as a sport. Um, but uh, I'll tell you, the cheerleaders often will defend those other sequels. Like, they love... The Bring It On franchise. Um, 27? Yeah, and there's some really big actors that have been in some of the other ones. Um, you know, they that come from all over. Like Hayden Pantera, Hayden Pantera, whatever she was in. Um, Pantera. Yeah, she's in one of them. I think number three or four or something like that. I mean, it's it's not been just nobody's doing those films. I've heard they're they're all in the same vein, so they may not need to exist. But same thing, I've heard that with the Step It Up franchise, too, that there's people who just love those movies. Um, is you know, if it's one of those things, I think if you're passionate about the subject matter, it it's just something for you, you know. Like, so if you're a cheerleader, 
you don't get a lot of yeah. movies that aren't like wondering. demeaning or you know over sexualizing them and um bring it on while there is some element of that it's also you know it really does get into like the sport side of it um and I'm, I'm going to mention a different cheerleading movie that I really like and find very funny um, that I'll talk about in the honorable mentions. But that is a good one. I've only seen it like maybe once and a half. Um, but Elijah Dushku is in it, right? Yeah. She's yeah. so funny in it. And I'll, I'll say the, She's uh, the, the new kid, the cheerleading movie that I'm going to reference actually has a scene where all the cheerleaders are watching Bring It On in the movie that I'm going to talk about. So mm-hmm. yes. little meta commentary there. But um, that's not on my list. That's an honorable mention. So. Um, Mike, have you seen Bring It On? I don't remember seeing it. It's I, I think I'm with you, Corey. I just I don't know though. Having like you said, having worked in school now, and some of the cheerleaders that just don't fit what we stereotype cheerleaders at as. I'm like, oh, okay. I just you know what I mean. We come in with that preconceived notion of yeah. from whenever we were in high school. And I know that, I mean, I mean, there is such a caste system, at least in the 80s. And I'm not saying that's gone away, because I'm sure there is some of that. I just get, it's not a get cheap to sport. know. Oh, what? It's not a cheap sport. Like, I mean, like, to, to be a part of it, it's expensive. Like, their costumes and stuff, they have to pay for all of that. Um, I think. Well, all... I mean, it's very athletic. I mean, some of those. Oh, players, that too. Some of the stuff that, some of the stuff they do, uh, whether you're a flyer or a base or oh it's super dangerous yeah and yeah oh yeah but even the amount of hours because a lot of them do gym gymnastics on the side to to like better prepare keep themselves yep cheerleading is also now dancing it's not just you know it's not like there's a dance and gymnastics merged together like it's it's crazy um i want to talk about the pedigree of this movie though one i didn't realize who directed it it's peyton reed who did ant-man and ant-man and the wasp um oh wow is the director which i did not realize uh, it stars Kirsten Dunst, who obviously um, is pretty famous. Elijah Dushku, Dush- who is great. Uh, this introduced, I believe, introduced Gabrielle Union, who's a terrific actress. Um, Jesse Bradford, who is in some stuff. And then I feel like there's another couple of people who are like in things. I think Natanya Reed is in some stuff. Um, but uh, Holmes Osborne is uh, maybe maybe Kirsten Dunst's dad. Yeah, it is her dad. He's he's often a dad character in movies. Um but yeah, Peyton Reed being the director was I I was new information. I was very like, oh wow, I did not realize that was his. Um, he did Ant Man, Ant Man the Wasp, and he directed uh, Yes Man, which I think is an underrated Jim Carrey movie. Um, but yeah, I've loved Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. So Peyton Reed uh, started with Bring It On, apparently, or at least one of his earlier films, because that's from two thousand. Holy heck! Hmm. Holy heck! Yeah, maybe, maybe I need to make a point <laughs> to watch this then. Maybe they'll put it back in the theaters for the 20th anniversary. Yes, I can handle this. God, tell me about it, Corey. That'll be my 20th uh, high school reunion. Not 20, Uh, 20 year high school. God, 20th reunion, 20 year reunion um, in 2000 and 2020. So because I graduated in 2000. uh, Um, All right. Well, that that's Corey's number three. Let's get to Mike's. Oh, my screen with this week. Hold on just a second here. Come on. Wow, this is weird. It goes all the way up. Okay. So, ironically enough, or oddly enough, another film about baseball shows up on my list. So, I got two back-to-back. And I kind of wanted, like you did, like you said you did, where you didn't include multiple sport, you know, the same multiple, the same sport. Part of me thought, ooh, if I could find all that were all the same sport. 
anyway, uh, this one I've probably talked, I'm almost positive I've talked about in the past. It's based on a true story, and it's 2011's Moneyball. I had read the book and was completely shocked when a film treatment for it was announced, and my curiosity was obviously piqued. Uh, uh, Having said that, I will be honest, I completely missed it when I was in in its theater release, and that's shameful, I know. But Mm, I didn't see this either. Okay, good. I'm not the only one. This was the first film in my memory that actually had Jonah Hill playing a role other than the goofy teen that he built his early career playing. And that that was something to see for me. Um, mm-hmm. Brad Pitt is obviously Brad Pitt. And I don't mean that in the Kevin Costner sense, but I mean, he just brings his talent to it. And he's very believable in the role he's in. And as were the other huge names, there were other names that rounded out the cast. I'd forgotten that Chris Pratt was in it. Yeah, uh, me too. Was, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robin Wright. I mean, this is one, to be honest, this is one of the few films that holds up really well when you compare it to the book that it's based on. And I probably would have pushed this to my number one pick, but the one I, I, I chose to keep it here because, uh, I mean, it's not going down to the minors, but it's, it, it, I just, my number one pick was very easy for me in this case. The only easy part of making this list for me. Mm. But, um, yeah, if you, this is one, and this is very rare. If you read the book, you're going to be disappointed typically in the actual film treatment, and I was not. Because, I I mean, I was actually shocked that they, like I said, could, would even attempt it. But it, it is a great story, kind of a, a Cinderella story about the Oakland A's and the whole idea, which is now in more prevalent use as to um, uh, really looking at stats and going for the most bang for your buck and picking players uh, kind of over in the long term and seeing how they were performing. And it's very, very statistics oriented, which mm-hmm. is more, and it just happened to get them to the pennant that yeah. year. And it, um, it was pretty amazing. Yeah. It's a really engaging film, especially um, it's more of a behind the scenes sports movie. It's not mm-hmm. uh, focused on the baseball itself as much, but it's definitely still counts as a sports film. Um, it's the inner workings, it's the management. And there's a few movies like that that will approach it from this side of it where you're more focused on the back end or the, the almost political side of baseball. Um, mm-hmm. And this one's really compelling. And uh, it is it, because it's a true story, it only makes it more compelling um, because the stuff that they're saying was true. It wasn't just like... Because it, it almost sounds like just babble. Like you're, I'm just like, yeah, these numbers do this thing, and then this thing happens, and it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. But when it actually worked, you're like, wow, okay. I would have never thought this could be... I mean, granted, we probably are getting a dramatized version of the way it played out, but still. Like, right, right. Um, it's super compelling. And Brad Pitt, uh, there's so many Oscar nominations, no wins, but uh, the movie's nominated for Best Picture. Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill get nominated for Best uh, Actor, Supporting Actor, respectively. I mean, it's... Um, I can't remember Robin Wright's role in this movie, though, to be honest. I'm trying to think back, and all I remember uh, is Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Maybe, maybe her, uh, her um, his wife is the only thing I can think of. Probably. Ex-wife? It ex-wife? It just says it Sharon, specify. too, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't um, specify. Um, I will say, and this one brings up another one that I didn't even put in my honorable mentions. I can't remember the name of it, and it had to do... Oh, gosh, I... I it was like it was a football one, but you got to see some of the back end. I wouldn't say it's nearly as good as this, but I can't. 
I want to say it was Kevin Costner, but I it is draft wrong. day. Draft day. That's the one. Yeah, I was and gonna. That, one, that was the one I was thinking of when I was talking about the other movies too. So, um, well, and there's parts in that one that I think were done a whole lot better in Moneyball, as in you got Brad Pitt's character juggling two or three different teams because he's trying to you know push for a trade, and it's very much a us. I scratch your back and you scratch mine, and 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 as far as how they try to get and finagle deals and move and trade players, and definitely there's one point where was it Derek Jeter I believe where he's talking to him and he's think, he's kind of bringing him down to earth some because he's like well I'm you know he's talking about how much he makes as a baseball player but honestly the other team that traded him away is still footing the bill basically telling him in no simple terms uh, that it's um david this justice is how, david justice thank you um that and this is how badly they wanted you off the team they're paying us to take you mm. yeah and and that's very humbling it's, and sometimes i don't know how I, you know that could have been dramatized but it's just such a, that's pretty powerful and to yeah. talk to yeah. one of your top play players that way is just not, and david justice comment. was a, a longtime atlanta braves player and that's when he got traded um i think to the a's if i remember correctly i i used to be very obsessive with baseball back in like my high school like middle school high school years um and so that was of the era when i was like actually knowledgeable like i don't know anything anymore like i don't even know who's i'm a quote-unquote red sox fan didn't know we were even in the World Series till after they won the World Series. I was like, "Oh, really? Okay." <laughs> so, um, but uh, I've I've been a Red Sox fan since I was a kid, so I still I don't feel like I'm a bandwagon. I've just always they they used to do spring training here at Winter Haven. I used to go all the time. Um, I've been a Sox fan since then, and uh, yeah, but I I don't keep up with any sport currently. Um, I barely know who's actively still playing, um, but nonetheless. Uh, I have seen this movie, so that's two on my list. Corey, you have said nothing, so I take it you've not seen Moneyball? <laughs> nope. All right, so I am looking like I'm going to walk away with this. You still have a chance. He has two more movies. Maybe you've seen both. Um, eh. I'm wondering if you have either of you have seen my number three. Um, it's a movie that I really enjoy, and every time I see it, I end up having to watch it. Um, it comes on TV a lot, and I didn't realize it was also a 2000 movie, Corey. Um uh, it's called The Replacements. It's a football movie um, <laughs> that stars Keanu Reeves. About this. I, I love this film. Um, Keanu Reeves, Gene Hackman, Brooke Langton, uh, Orlando Jones, uh, Faison Love, Michael Talaferro. Um, again, there's some other big names in here. Hold on a second. Um, not many of these. John Favreau in one of my favorite performances of John Favreau's career. Um, Michael Jace, uh, Riffs Iffens, who is super famous in a bunch of stuff. But this was the first time I'd ever seen him in anything. Um, Art LaFleur. Um, Brett Cullen is in a few things. Uh, John Madden shows up in this. Pat Summerall, the two iconic announcers. Jack Warden has a small part, but it is very funny. Um, or kind of funny. Keith David's in this. I mean, it's got a it's got a pretty big cast. It's directed by Howard Deutsch, um, who you might know from uh, Pretty in Pink. Uh, he directed oh, Pretty in Pink. Um, directed Great Outdoors. Uh my best friend's girl, which I don't know why that's on his top four, but it is. Um, and then tales from the crypt, apparently for at least a, a season. Um, hey, hey, and I, this movie's only got a 30 on Metacritic, so it's not beloved by critics. Um, but I, I love the whole premise of it. And there's actually a, a dialogue from this movie that I use 
all the time, and it's from Keanu Reeves. They're talking, one, Gene Hackman is so great as the coach in this movie. I, I love Gene Hackman in this film a lot, like just so, so much. Um, and I'm a, I am a Keanu Reeves guy. I tend to, to lean in his favor more often than against him, despite acknowledging that he is limited as an actor. But I think he's perfect as um, Shane Falco in this movie. Uh, the whole premise is that the big league, which would be the NFL, although they don't have the licensing, so they can't say NFL, is on strike. All the, the, the league players. And rather than closing the season, they hire replacements, hence the name. And so you get the strike talk and you get all that, but um, you get these players who are uh, former like college stars who have since fallen off. You know, they're not playing anymore. Their their lives did not go the way they thought. And here they get like a second chance. And I, I really connected with that premise. But um, but Falco, there's a moment where they're talking about what are they afraid of? And Falco says quicksand. And that gets a joke because Orlando Jones is like, yeah, that's scary. You just be walking in the sand just sucks you up. And he's like, no, no, that's not what he means. And the explanation of quicksand, I think, is one of the most relatable fears I've ever heard. And it's the idea that um, everything's going well, and then you make a mistake. And then you make another mistake, and you make another mistake. And you, you get in so fast, and you're so focused on those mistakes that now everything's falling apart around you, and you're trapped in quicksand. And I've I've just always remembered that scene, and I thought it was so powerful. And the way the room quiets down because everyone's kind of on edge everyone's like hyped up and excited and that quiets the room and everyone kind of connects with falco and it's this whole idea of leadership i just i i think it's an underrated film and so it's it, when i think football movies honestly it's my favorite football movie uh the only one that even came close to pushing it off the list was varsity blues and that's just because i saw it as a teenager and liked it as a teenager um, this, I actually came into very late. I think I saw it years after it came out. Um, and I, I just instantly found it super funny. Um, I like the football sequences. Uh, John Favreau's character, who is like an ex cop, um, like a SWAT guy who's now playing football and he's like way <laughs> overly aggressive, has some really funny scenes in it. Um, I, I just enjoy this movie generally. Um, and Keanu, I think this is one of his underrated performances because, I mean, everyone thinks of him as the action star from The Matrix and then John Wick. And then you think of him as the burnout from, uh, you know, Bill and Ted's or even technically, in my opinion, Point Break. He's the surfer guy cop, but he's still like got the surfer guy kind of. Whoa, um, here he's not that at all. He's this very believable, you know, high school or college quarterback um, who's just content with scraping by and that's a good pun if you know the character um and then this opportunity presents itself and initially he's afraid to uh to pick up the ball again and and have the same you know trouble from his past replay itself and i don't know uh i 30 from the, the critics but for me it's it's up it's my number three sports movie yeah, it's it. I forget what brought it up. It, it came up in conversation. I don't know with who. It was very recent. Um, but honestly, to be to be truthful, in my mind, he's really Johnny Utah, and just playing under another name that <laughs> isn't really connected to to um, the Point Break universe. I like and, that. I like that idea. Was, I'm in. Let's do I'm that. <laughs> Um, and Corey, I, again, I take it you've not seen. Yeah, that. no. Um, I you're a Keanu <laughs> fan though, generally, right? Oh, he's brought me back in. Come on, you, you're one John of his, Wick. 
only fans from Bram Stoker's Dracula. Like that's you're like the only I... person. No, 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 no. <laughs> I love that movie despite, <laughs> despite, <laughs> um, you know, because mm. I wish I wish we could do a scene where it's it's them at the the football meeting and they're like, "What are you afraid of?" And he's like, "Infernos," and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he goes on to explain um, why he's afraid of fire. Uh, he's Frankenstein. Um, it's a whole mix. So that leads us to number two. Corey, what do you have for your number two? Okay, guys. I missed this in theaters. I just watched it probably a couple months ago. My oh. sense of time is really bad. But <laughs> it came out last year. And okay. I remember... I- um, chose I, Tanya. Oh, great. Awesome. I, I considered putting this on my list, too. I loved this movie so much. It was just nuts. I don't even... And, oh, why am I forgetting her name right now? She always plays a mother. Janie... Um, uh, Allison Janie. Janie. Allison Janie. Perfect. Um, I loved Margot... Ro- Robbie? Robbie. Robbie. Roby so much as um, Tanya Harding in this movie I just because I think that we all probably remember when this really happened like my parents when we would watch the Olympics and we always watched the gymnast gymnastics and then the figure skating portions and I was really I was young when it happened so I don't really remember a lot and I just I do remember her being demonized and I thought that it was kind of interesting to see a different light on it that maybe she didn't know about all of it and she didn't help plan it and you know what I mean because I Mm -hmm. just feel like she's always been the bad guy but maybe she didn't know I mean it's definitely this movie depicts it as her being in the dark about it um I I feel like that's probably less true than not um Mm -hmm. I, I feel like she would even if she maybe didn't believe it would happen, I do happen, think she, she had a yeah. I, I feel like inkling. it's unlikely. Yeah, exactly. But um, it, it's such a well done movie, and Sebastian Stan plays her her uh, man, her husband, boyfriend, whatever he is. Um, it just like the way that they like do the different interview styles, and then they kind of like mesh it with the story, and it's just in your face. And I think they did a really good job depicting that. Like, their, her relationship with her mom is, freak, with everybody, actually, is nuts. Yeah. And it's a, it's the, it's a very innovative film overall. Um, I like a lot about the movie. And um, it was what my daughter was really taken by. And she really liked it. Um, and she didn't grow up with this story. You know, like we, we grew up with the Nancy Kerrigan, all the parodies. Weird Al has the song called Headline News, where he, it's a parody of the Crash Test Dummy song. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a whole verse <laughs> dedicated to uh, Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. I am a weird out connoisseur, everybody, so I apologize. But, um, like, the, yeah, it's, it's been done and parodied dozens of times. Um, and so seeing this film, uh, which was a serious take I, on it, yet a sense of dark humor in it, too. Yes. And I, I mean, we all know that it's, like, rich kids. Yeah. But- that are taking part in the sport and just seeing that she was not from that kind of family and they did not try to glamorize who she was. But, and that was part of her, the problem. Yeah. She struggled because of her, her upbringing. She wasn't a part of the, the network of figure skating. Was it the, the squirrel 
fur coat jacket scroll oh yeah <laughs> like that, yeah or was it rabbits i can't remember was... but i just i mean like still trying to succeed in spite of all of that guys yeah which i mean I they do they, they try to paint a very empathetic picture of her and i you know i don't know that it does i mean and it, she didn't kill anybody like she it's wrong don't get me wrong i'm not in any way con- you know saying it's okay to like take out the competition by hitting them in their knee or something but it, it's not like the crime that she's committed is not as atrocious as it could have been um because that's the way i think she's looked at as almost like a, a murderer you know oh yeah and can never like competitive like skate again yeah and um and i'm not saying she doesn't deserve that punishment but like the woman has had a hell of a life as a result of this one incident and she was already uh, the the movie again paints an empathetic picture where you are you feel for her because she, like especially if you're from lower middle class like you relate like you're like well all these snobby buttholes were treating her like crap no wonder she you know had a chip on her shoulder you know and and then you see how she lived and she lived horribly um according again to the movie i mean obviously we're basing this on a film uh it's obviously dramatized and it's yeah. from multiple perspectives but um yeah you did a good job you sold me on it <laughs> yeah I, I and i like the style of film that we get the interview style even though it was interesting because they opted to use uh the actors doing the interviews but actually my understanding of the interview sequences those are verbatim from actual interviews um that were recorded but they opted to reshoot them rather than use the original footage well, I think that it would keep it more fluid if you're looking at the same people the whole time. You might think of... that, but you have not seen American Animals, have you? No, I haven't. You should check that out. Um, yeah. it, it uses a similar yeah. style, but it actually uses the real people in the interview sequences. Um, mm. So uh, another it, – it's uh, based on a true story according to the people involved, and it is very interestingly shot. Um, stars Evan Peters and uh, the kid mm. – from um killing of the sacred deer the main the main kid um I can't oh he's a creep something kiao or something like that it's something it's a unique name um but yeah it stars those two guys and american animals really awesome movie from uh from this year i saw it south by southwest um all right mike uh did you see i tell you yes i i did and it does try to, I feel it does try to paint a sympathetic picture of her. I don't know how innocent she truly is. Mm-hmm. But um, probably does that because that way she would have cooperated because I figured Tanya Harding uh, really needed the money. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because, um, uh, you know, and to get her to cooperate, you would probably have to kind of be a little more, you know, diplomatic on it, I would guess. Yeah, and I'm okay with that because again, we don't know what happened. You know, we're only going to get these different perspectives, which I think the movie does a good job of kind of weaving these different perspectives together. Um, the scenes where like we're hearing one thing but seeing something else is really compelling. Um, yeah, it, it's a. Re- I need to rewatch the movie. Actually, I liked it a lot when I saw it. I just haven't gotten back to it, I, which is true of so many movies. I want to rewatch all of them, and I just don't have the time. Um, they keep making more. So responsibilities. Mike, what do you got for your number two? All right, so for this pick, I kind of, I feel like I kind of stretched the parameters of our rules, and that's okay because, we well, didn't make uh, any. Mm-hmm. what? Well, we I'm just yeah, no, no, no go, you'll go see, for it. you'll see, you'll see, you'll see, because uh, uh, this is a fictional sport. Oh, is it Harry Potter? On 
<laughs> no, uh, it is not. Uh, on on the same note, there's a significant amount of fighting in it, so uh, it fits that criteria for sure. Um, I'll be honest, I, I was really shocked whenever I found out this was based on a work by Stephen King. Oh. And this is 1987's The Running Man. Now, oh, okay. Technically, I suppose this isn't a sport, but it's portrayed as such on the screen, and it's really promoted that way within the story, and it's I mean, it's got a kind of a ham-fisted way of handling the role of media and the subsequent spin that's almost always takes place and that's very relevant nowadays. It's been relevant for quite some time, and it's something we talk about in my classroom all the time. But if you're not familiar with the premise, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a a patsy that is found guilty of a particularly brutal attack on civilians and i mean it's totally doctored up and changed and it's not at all the way it happened but to the public it's been spun that he is this monster oh gosh i forget the 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 the, the butcher of uh, the, the certain area that it happened and is convicted and sentenced to take part in the running man i say futuristic game show where criminals are they, they play the game to earn their freedom and they supposedly have criminals that have won in the past and they show them happily living, you know, living happily ever after. And there's a whole, uh, there's a bit more to it than that. Uh, and, but if you've not seen it, I want to save some of the surprises for you. And it goes there. Richard Dawson, who was the longtime host of uh, Family Feud, is in this and it's kind of a caricature of his actual persona. He's not playing himself per se, but it's kind of a take, a dark, dark take on a game show host persona, oh. uh, which much, much more violent, because this is very much a futuristic gladiator. And yeah. when you brought up Rollerball, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that'll work. And so it, it definitely fits with that. Yeah. So there, no, there it is. And there's like, uh, Rollerball is the, um, is that, it's not Gene Hackman, it's... Um... Uh, there's two versions. Yeah, um, there is. And was, I don't count the uh, the the redo because it's just no. I don't no. think anybody does. Um, but you know, uh, to be fair though, I had considered it did not make my top five, but I considered basketball, the Matt Stone and <laughs> Trey Parker, um, you know, South Park creators film of a made up hybrid sport, uh, which I can't believe is never picked up. To be honest, I really think it should be a real sport. Um, so I considered.